Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Pigongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about some recent shoe news. But first, we're taking a ride in the denim car. This Wednesday morning, noon on the East Coast, Gilbert Crockett revealed denim car. It's an actual denim-clad car and a video part. Jason, you hail from Crockett country. What was your first impression of this new part? America, bro. You know, it's just some, you know, the open road, strip malls, parking lots, a couple bump to bars, you know, what else what else could you ask for? But I like that they did a weird intro cuz it's so an- antithetical to the way skating is presented for the most part. Like it's usually like trick 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 trick. Um your average like solo video part on the internet, it's like a little intro then you get right to the skating or whatever. So having kind of like a road trip narrative element i i think was kind of cool and like mike mike isn't here but he, he's not a big fan of quasi i don't know what did we ever get to the the root of um mike's disdain um i, I think i think he just feels like quasi is overhyped so he he's like overcorrecting by not being a fan right right, right, right. so whether you like it or not this is their image like americana i think we've talked about a bunch of times before like I don't, even, I don't know if it's like modern Americana or whatever type of motif. It's definitely a, a visual motif that they have going on there. But yeah, it was sick. I liked um, I liked how Gilbert is still coming up with new ways to skate SunTrust. Which, by the way, did you guys know that the SunTrust building is the second highest, second tallest building in all of Richmond and the fourth highest in the state of Virginia? What's the highest? In Virginia or in Richmond? Both. Couldn't couldn't tell you. I think the highest building in Richmond is like that federal building, which is like that big, tall, like beige and black building that you see if you drive past on ninety five. Oh, it's been a, it's been a minute since I drove down that way. Last time I was in Richmond, I was playing a show, and this dude tried to pay us an acid. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Hey, uh. I mean, it's like can't buy gas with this, but I appreciate. No, it. you can't. You can't take that to um to McDonald's. No. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's some building like in uh, Crystal City up in up in uh, Nova or something. I don't know. I guess so. They've been building so much up there. It's actually really hard to keep track. But yeah, back to Gilbert Crockett, who I saw yesterday. Um, we're recording on a Thursday. I saw him on Wednesday evening at the Costco parking lot in Atwater Village in L.A. His tricks. His skating makes so much more sense just watching, watching him skate flat for a little while. And no, he did not have the denim car with him. He was <laughs> I, I reckon he was cross country. Dog. I did some I did a little bit of I did, like you, Jason, I decided to do some light research to figure out what this was, what the car was. It's either mm-hmm. a Pontiac Sunfire or Sunbird, third generation, depending on uh where it was sold. That, yeah, yeah, it looked like a sunfire to me too. Yeah, like that joint would not make it cross country. He was in a van that was probably the team van and is probably either coming back from a trip or about to go pick up a bunch of people for uh, for an upcoming filming trip. But, yo, just like just seeing that car, I just I laughed like it reminds me of the cars I learned how to drive in in driver's ed. You know? Oh, yeah. No, I think they had. Um, yeah. In my high school, the driver's ed cars were that exact. Not a maybe not a Pontiac, but it was that like General Motors, like body style. Yeah, the Chevy 100%. Chevy Cavalier was the, yeah, was the one that most people know. Yo, know, but here's the thing. Like, one thing I noticed about him is that a incredible control and his backside game is is unfuckwithable. And you saw a lot of that in the, with his trick selections here. His big spins look that amazing in real life. But also, 
just the way that he opened that part. Once the skating gets going, one push, porch to porch kickflip. That's such Y'all a Richmond been... like thing. <laughs> I feel like the porch to porch thing is just so Richmond with the like porch culture there. Like, yo, I, I mean, we, okay, if that was your house, would either of you be mad if somebody did that? It's like, yo, we're just gonna film something right quick. No, 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 I wouldn't care. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, go for it. Yeah, like, y'all want some sandwiches or something? The uh, the was there like a lady there that lived there? No, it was a gentleman. It was a oh, the guy, like a, the guy a, came a, out. He was like, you're good. oh, my bad. I was thinking of some other porch, some other porch action. Oh, I mean, like the San Francisco ones, it's always somebody screaming or throwing things. Good God. Yeah, Richard's a little more laid back. Um, <laughs> SF. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure what the root cause of, of Mike's disdain for Quasi is. I, it might be hype. It might just be one of those things where do either of you have a company that they have great riders, they're doing very well, you see their boards in shops, your friends even skate these boards religiously, but you, you just say, eh, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah Powell Peralta. I, I think for me, that's like the hockey FA thing. Like I, I like super appreciate their video output, but I don't know. Their whole vibe is just not my thing. They're a little too cool and they know it. Okay. The most important thing about this Gilbert joint, it's the pants. His pants in real life are incredible. Dude, every time I see Gilbert, I want to buy the Sea Blues pants, but I don't think I could pull it off the way he does. He, and I think it's probably also... The pants look great for him because they're perfectly tailored to him, to his body type, his look, his, you know, they're his cut. But one thing I wonder is, especially for the heavy denim, is it the real deal raw denim that rubs off? I mean, like, can you oh, trust yeah. Gilbert? Can you trust Gilbert Crockett to come over and sit on, you know, say like a white suede or leather couch? Yeah, you gotta, um, you gotta, there's like some technique. You like wash it in the bathtub with like, What's that black detergent, like Tide Black or something? I don't know, dude. Wait, this exists? Well, like, yeah, we'll like black. Oh, well, like black. I thought Tide Black actually sounded really no, cool. Tide, no, Tide Black. I was, uh, yeah, it's a different uh, laundering product. Yeah, we'll like black or something. I don't know. I'd have to, like, if they had a style that was, like, more tapered, I might fuck with it. But I have to go to the, to the brick and mortar store. I think they have a Sea Blue store out here. So I have to go there, like, try them on and whatnot. Yeah, his his pants game is unfuckwithable, but um, just seeing it in in real life, just also his 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 cuff game is good too. Because at what point does it become unsightly? Like, how high is too high to cuff your pants, and they start looking like high waters? I don't. I, I think it depends on the shoes. You know, like if you're wearing high tops, you can go a little higher. But yeah, there, I think there is like a line. Like if if he did one more cuff, I think it'd be too high. In ter- you're talking about the cuff in terms of like height. Like vertically mm-hmm. or how many times folded over? Oh, how many times folded over? Oh, uh, folded over. I think twice is a limit. Anything more than that is like yeah, it gets you a little just, heavy. You got to just hem them at that point. Like take them to like most um like dry cleaning places will do like alterations like that. Mm. No problem. Um, do either of you iron your jeans? Fuck no. No, I've never I've never ironed jeans. Even in the nineties, you didn't go for the crease or anything like that. Well, no. the question is, did you iron your jeans or do you? Yes. Yes. Man, I, yes, I hate ironing just in general. So definitely Dog. not going to iron the jeans. What about steaming? Oh. No. no I, I do as little care for my clothing as possible. I, I steamed recently like, uh, oh, with like my work clothes or whatever, like my business casual shit. I'll, I'll iron like shirts and pants or whatever. Like I got a pretty good ironing technique. Nice. Oh, but you iron t-shirts though, right? No, no, no. I've never ironed a t-shirt either. What? 
maybe a little bit like if it maybe once or twice if it was super wrinkled and i wanted to wear it like that night but not for the most part you just kind of like shake it out a couple times like bam and uh yeah you're good to go wow we are in different worlds Uh, (laughs) (laughs) little tip for all you out there in mostly skateboarding land uh the best way to iron a t-shirt is actually to have it on high but have a very thin towel between the iron and the t-shirt so this way you don't accidentally singe the shirt you know y'all ever have you know ever you ever fried a shirt by accident it was something that you really wanted to wear no because i don't iron my t-shirts yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem i have wow i am really i'm <laughs> but, uh, down here okay no wait <laughs> one no, actually one time i was uh i got a new like work shirt or whatever but it, i didn't know it was like 75 percent polyester so I ironed it, the whole shit just like melted. Like I melted a bunch of holes in it. Oh no. Was it was it a fly no. shirt or just a work shirt? It was just, it was some work shirt from like Express or some shit. Okay. Yo, I've been um I've been noticing in a lot of the secondhand stores a lot of stuff from Zara Express recently. I don't know if it's just they don't really care and they're not really selecting stuff for consignment or secondhand, or if that's actually cool for Gen Z, like mall chic. No, I think they probably just don't have don't have the good product to stock so they got to just put something up there yeah but uh back to actual good product this new this new gilbert joint (sighs) so quasi you know picking up the reins for alien workshop and probably carrying what uh they're you know picking up the baton for them creatively what do you think we are where do we think quasi are now where are they going next i i really like where they are now i think that you know Making a denim car is pretty wild. So, you know, that's like a, some really strong creative leadership. Who would have thought to do that? It, it worked. Watching Gilbert drive around in a weird car for two minutes before you get to the skating. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be brave enough to, to propose that idea if I was making a video. So props to Quasi. And yeah, I feel like Quasi is the like creative heir to Alien Workshop. Like they're, they're more Alien Workshop than Alien Workshop is. Whereas oh yeah, like absolutely. Alien is more like a parody of the Alien of the past. Quasi is like the true progression of it. Oh yeah, like we were talking about overrated, underrated before. I think they're, I think they're correctly rated. Maybe underrated. Like if you think about, the, if you take a look at their team, it's like Gil, Bobby DeKaiser, who's like, like a fucking beast based on his last part. Jake Johnson, um, Dick Rizzo. Yeah, there's no scrubs. Yeah. No, no, it's like all like heavy hitters. Who else is on there? Hold up. So Josh Wilson? Oh, yeah, Josh Wilson. They don't have a team page on their on their website, but uh, it's looking at like mm-hmm. profiles and shit. You just have to be in the know. Oh, so back to real quick about Workshop versus Quasi, who's the actual holder of the legacy? Is this a bit like when classic rock groups will go out and it'll be, was it free featuring Paul Rogers or something like that? Oh, um, like when two different versions of the same group will go out and one will be free and the other one will be free with Paul Rogers. I think that's who the yeah, one, I mean, the main guys in there is. They, yeah, they are kind of like the new version of Alien Workshop, but like it's also a new thing. Like their whole art direction style is totally different. Oh, yeah, totally. I just think it, it's like the evolution of Alien and they've got like that alien workshop weirdness and creativity like yeah, yeah you know sure. their deal isn't like aliens and conspiracies and stuff like that but i think that they're like they just feel midwest and outside of the mainstream of skateboarding but mm-hmm. also like creating what's cool 
whereas Alien is just like stuck where it was before yeah, Burton yeah, yeah. bought it. It's it's mm. kind of it's kind of like uh, Deep Purple when Deep Purple kind of like changed and then a bunch of people left. Yep. To form White Snake, like White Snake was dope. Deep Purple was dope, but White Snake was like a whole new thing. Yeah. yeah. Some of the same elements. See, Jason, you nailed it. You absolutely you you took my scrub metaphor and you polished it into a beautiful swan. Like yeah. you you nailed it. But yeah, like that's. But then here's the thing, you know. Quasi is really focused on Midwest and the Mid-Atlantic. And I think this leads to the big conversation about how in 2022 you can have a legit career career outside of L.A. or New York. And Jason, you're down in Richmond. Are you starting to get those the sense that, you know, there's folks who are flying in or driving down, taking trips specifically to get Richmond spots? Or are we not there yet? Well, Richmond is a it's a new skate mecca, of course, but no, nah, I, I really haven't seen that many people like driving through just to skate. But um, I'll tell you, like Dane Barker, who's also in Quasi, he lives here. Gilbert lives here. Will the filmer, like this kid Daniel, who I think is on slow or something. But yeah, like th- spots are hard to skate, man. Like SunTrust or Truist, as it's probably going to be called soon, it used to be Crestar, and then SunTrust now Truist. Like, I don't know. They must know the good times to go because every time I go there, I, like, set my board down and the security guy comes out. He's like, nah. Yeah, I've never been able to skate there. Like, you know, roll through, do, like, a 50-50 and just keep it moving because I, I knew, like, you just can't skate there in my experience. Yeah, like, another example of a spot, like, that one spot where he does, like, a 360 flip up a curb and then a kickflip nose grind mm-hmm. on, like, on a bench. That spot is... Very super super hard to skate because it's like in an island in the like in the middle of a big road and there's no run up. You basically have to like like he did like swerve all up the curb and shit to get speed and it's like an awkward angle and shit. So that that's a pretty like impressive trick. Yeah, and it's like it. gap in gap out, isn't it? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, every every spot that he skated, I'm sure, is like harder to skate than it looks. He skated a spot in, in Norfolk that I had tried to skate. His, his line was ollie up the curb, ollie over this post that's in the middle of a gap, and then backside flip off the curb. Then somebody did a wheelie on a motorcycle. And I came oh, extremely close awesome. to ollieing that post, but couldn't quite make it. Yeah, that um that other spot where he does like a backside flip fakie manual on. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's in Norfolk because you can kind of see like the Norfolk scope. No, that's in Hampton. That's oh, the Hampton, Hampton yeah, Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hampton, what's it called? Like the Hampton Roads Coliseum? I, I don't remember the name, but it's kind of like a famous fish venue. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Fish plays there. I guess oh, regularly. Hampton Comes Alive. That's what that's from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I think Metallica played there when I was in ninth grade or some shit. Oh. And because um, there's also a, a couple of uh, big time HBCUs down there too, because I know I remember being stuck in traffic down there once during Black Bike Week. That was interesting. Yeah, Hampton University is down there. Yeah, not a lot I, to skate there. I heard it's a good time. I heard it's. I heard it's. Um, I heard it's. It's. It's super live. Like their their homecoming apparently rivals Howard homecoming up in Washington D.C. Oh yeah, I'm sure the nightlife or the the party life yeah, is yeah. is great there. Yeah, the beach like the Virginia beach is crazy. A word like the the clubs and shit. Oh man, I mean like it's got to be that way to produce. The Neptunes, <laughs> yeah, you know, Timbaland, Missy Elliott, you know, that caliber of musician they have to be drawing upon either someplace that's super whack and boring or very, very exciting. 
I mean, my impression of the beach is that it's pretty whack and boring. You need Good to take beach, uh, and this is this goes for a lot of beaches is very redneck. Really, the beach? Oh yeah, yeah. I think on when you go south or like maybe just mid Atlantic, but like the beach has strong redneck vibes. I must not have been at the same beaches as you, but I think what we need to do is next time we are all in uh, the Hampton Roads area, we need to take some place. We need to go someplace with a nice outdoor VIP patio, maybe with hookah or something like that. Yeah, they man, they, I don't know. They probably have places like that, though. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Tem- Templeton, Templeton will set you once you set foot in VIP. You won't, you know, you won't go back. I don't know. I'm not too interested in going back to the seven five seven. Unless a friend of mine is getting oh, married or something. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, hard hitting question. How did they wrap the denim car? And follow up question. Can you do that with leather? Yeah, I was wondering about like what kind of adhesive they must have used. You know, because an automobile has like a very slick finish so that things don't stick to it. And then like the denim is, is like a probably a pretty difficult material to work with because do, it doesn't yeah. stretch like a vinyl application. I don't know, but they did a good job. Yeah, hell yeah. This is the normally I don't watch these type of videos, but this is a thing I would like to see a behind the scenes rough cut for. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, that's super interesting. Like how how they upholstered the exterior. Of yeah, that, I'm uh, more interested in that than the, to see the process of any of the tricks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, like maybe they like maybe like didn't give a fuck and just like glue gunned it. It, it looked good though. Uh, you I know, mean, like there were no air bubbles or wrinkles. Like they did it up right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe they used some like like a sewing machine. I don't know. I'm thinking go, some go kind of spray adhesive that, or like, something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I wonder. Because you said Gilbert's into sewing, you know, he... Yeah, he's in all that, like, garment, Garmento shit. Yo, maybe he's gonna, I don't know, maybe he's gonna end up uh, leaving skateboarding and decide, like, oh, I decided to open up a textile factory. I mean, the Mid-Atlantic, you know, the Mid-Atlantic, the Mid-South has a deep history of textile manufacturing before we offshored everything. Oh, yeah, you know, for that sure. Could, that could be the move. Imagine if you, imagine if, you know, forget a wood shop, you're the one who makes all the pants and skateboarding. Oh, yeah, that'd be a, a cool Yeah, cool that's, like... Yeah, that might be a good move because, like, the big boys and shit, they're all made in, like, Portugal, Poland, Greece, places like that. Mm-hmm. So if you had, like, a domestic manufacturer of, of that type of pant, like, that might be tight. Like, kind of like in, like, all the blind jeans, they were made in, like, Torrance or something or, or downtown LA. There was, like, a place of them. <sighs> we just got to find uh, the original samples. If, if we could just get the original samples of the blind jeans. That's Man, something, <laughs> that I should kinda, be the Smithsonian. They should, yeah, they should. Be. I kind of think if we could have them back, like we wouldn't even want them back because they're like so big. Yeah, but what about those like those drawers from about ninety four, ninety five, where everybody's pants actually looked perfect for? About- yeah, yeah, th- those were dope. I think that's what like um like the Cromers, the Cromer jeans that Huff made. They were kind of going for that that type mm. of vibe. That, that that was a good era. But um, yeah, but like I feel like that would be uh that's a, a it's very capital intensive. It's incredibly expensive to get into light manufacturing, specifically garments. But yo, imagine you are the pants czar of skateboarding. You know, people fly out to VA to see you. It's like, Gilbert, we're starting a brand. We need some help. <laughs> like, I'm going to call on you to, you know, to do me a favor one day. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, real quick. The um, one of the shots when he was driving the Sunfire and it was like being filmed from the left side reminded me of uh, the 101 promo when Adam McNatt was driving, I think, Nottis' NSX. 
So that was pretty tight. I think there's some yeah. other. I think there's some other world video when someone drives Rocco's Porsche, but I can't remember which one it was. Uh, is it a video or is it just that Richard Mulder ad or is it a Tim Gavin ad? There was oh, I definitely remember that Richard Mulder ad. The Tim Gavin ad was like when he was driving like the Barbie Corvette or something. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that right. was. I think that was just like a uh, like an art thing. Yep. But yeah, oh yeah, um, wasn't Nottis, if I recall, Nottis was one of the first people in the U.S. to be on the, the list for the NSX. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, man. What kind of money was 101 making back then? NSX, like, well, if you think about it, like in the early early 90s, NXS was probably like 60 or 70, which was a lot for back then. But like, I don't know, if like you're single and you don't have any kids and stuff, like if you can lease a Lamborghini or whatever, it's not that hard. <laughs> Jason just being like financial prudence, forget all that. Just yeah, I've seen, I've, I've, I know I know dudes that do it. Like that just have like I don't know. They're they're not like multimillionaires. But I, um, I, I feel like I'd be stressing every time I'm behind the wheel, even just going to around the corner to to do errands. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like I don't know if anything goes wrong, like one brake, one you know, one set of brake pads is like four figures. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway. Back to this part. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but I think it's tight that you know Gilbert is still coming up with new ways to skate SunTrust after skating it for like twenty odd years. Yeah, I feel like in this one you got the pillar backside flip, which that's at SunTrust, right? Just like kind of little. Oh, that thing, where, that trick where like it's a single trip and he trick and he goes off a bump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Over the pillar. That's up the street, I think. I think oh, that's so like, up- different building, different. Yeah, yeah, different. I think it might be like the next block, but it's 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 in that. It's super close. Okay. Yeah. It just lo- it looked like the same same architecture. Yeah, it looks pretty similar. But the I thing that struck so- me about um, his skating at SunTrust this time, I feel like he did a switch backside five zero and switch backside flip over the bench, and I was like, damn, that's like a chafey line. Like he's skating it like chafey. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was a what was in there? Uh, it was like a switch heel flip back tail slide. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is like maybe the techest we've seen Gilbert. It's nice. I like this. I like this Gilbert. Oh, also his um the the bump into the street, the nolly inward heel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that was crazy. Ha, okay, question. There was a dude who was at the curb spot yesterday. He was, I guess, one of Gilbert's buddies, and this guy was ripping. He looked a little bit like the Englishman Chris Pullman, although I don't think it was him. Anyway, this dude was doing backside heel flips, inward heel flips. How do you do inward heel flips, and also how do you do nollie or fakey inward heels? I don't know. I've done a I've done a few of them. You just like scoop your back foot or whatever. Is it, is it something that requires yeah, a smaller board? Maybe like that might help, but you just like kind of like do a shove it and like scoop your front heel, like curl it or whatever. Yeah, I feel like when I do them, I'm like really kicking far back and forward. You know, like kind of like you would for a 360 flip, like with that kind of scoop motion but even harder since it's a heel flip and not a kick flip. But I'm not that good at that trick. I've done, yeah, I've done them. I don't think I've done a, I think I did like a couple Nolly inward heels, but that was in the, probably like 1995 or something. I don't know. So back to the question of this video, is it that much easier or harder for a smaller medium sized brand to do individual parts with a skit, you know, maybe a storyline woven into it like this one, or is it, does it make more sense to continuously focus on the big group project? And just like in school, remember you had to do a group project. You know, there's some people who always end up doing more than everybody else. 
Uh, is it, so isn't it that same for skate videos? Problem, I had that problem that came up like just the other day at work. <laughs> right? Like, like yesterday. You, you, like, you do a group project in school. The lesson is always one person is the one who's doing all the work, doing all the organizing, getting everyone in line. And then there's some person who always takes all the credit. And I reckon it, it's probably quite similar for, for making a skate video. So back to the question, though, does it make more sense to do stuff like this? continuously drop stuff. Uh, I was talking to somebody about Limousine and how they just dropped a promo, which was really, really good. Um, a couple, what, this yesterday maybe, or maybe it was yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it makes more yeah. sense to continuously drop little things instead of drop one big thing for the year or whatever. You know, I think Baker is kind of, they seem to have switched their tactic and now they're doing these little, little small group projects. You know, it's like three or four dudes in a video and that's like, what Baker's been doing every two months or something or every quarter, I think, so far. And I think that's great because it, it keeps the brand in people's minds. You get to make a little creative thing that has its own little vibe and, you know, you get the thing you can market around. Yeah, it just makes sense instead of having this one long video project that's getting hyped up or maybe is disappointing and, yeah, and then, you know, it doesn't even live that long. Yeah, like Temple and said, if you, it just, like, makes sense with the way content works now like if you come out with like a bunch of individual parts or like three or four like like shorter edits throughout the year you're like on people's radar more as opposed to like if you put everything into filming like whatever like a 45 minute video over like four years and it drops and then like in three days it's like off the main thrasher page and like everyone forgets about it yeah like i was thinking about you know just thinking about stuff for the podcast and i was like oh, what was that big video that dropped just recently? I can't even remember. And it was the fucking Polar video, which I loved. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Yeah, it was yeah, like two weeks ago. And now it's just dude. completely gone from my mind. So yeah, I think having these little projects and another thing about the little projects is they remind you of the other projects. You know, like Bobby yeah, yeah, DeKaiser yeah. was like in a photo from the making of the video. And I was like, oh yeah, Bobby DeKaiser. He just had a part that was really fucking good. Maybe I should watch that again. So it, yeah, I think doing more small things is just better. Yeah, which, I mean, it kind of sucks because, like, the full-length skate video, for I mean, pe for people of our generation, that's, like, the art form. You know what I mean? That's, like, how brands and skaters, like, showed their art. It was, like, an album or whatever, you know? Yeah, it sucks that that's, like, not the main thing now, but I don't know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I just weird. think it's the evolution of the skate video because yeah. now... You know, you can make an eight-minute video part that's got all the trappings of a full length without all the hassle. And you, you can yeah. do more creative things. You can stretch those creative muscles more because you can do this project for three months, do another project for three months that's totally different, got a totally different vibe, go to different places. Like, it's just better, I think. Yeah, I think, I think the days of, like, like, fully flared, like, all right, we're going on a filming trip to China. Now we're going on a filming trip um, all around the USA. And going on a film trip to Europe, then like put it all into one part. Like that's that's done, I think. So then, follow up question. Earlier this week, the members of Animal Collective, everybody's favorite uh, weirdo Baltimore band, uh, announced that they were canceling their European tour because of the the realities of touring, not only in a post COVID world, but also in a world where the euro and the pound respectively have tanked to the point where it's really eating into their profit margins, plus equipment rentals. Uh, work visas, etc. And I know it's a much leaner operation to send a skate crew somewhere around the world to film. They don't need as much. They don't have riders. And 
all you really, I mean, all you need is a van. But do you think that some of these, some of these challenges, some of these changes that have been hitting the music industry, specifically live music, will eventually find their way into skateboarding? I mean, the pandemic forced a lot of people to look regionally. Thankfully, skaters are creative. So we've all been benefiting from all this great local content instead of seeing somebody flying out to China and skating in an anonymous plaza, no disrespect to anonymous plaza skating, but something real cool about like, hey, we're just down the road over, in, you know, we're in Hampton Roads or we're somewhere in Northern Arizona or we're deep in Houston, you know, whatever the place. But do you all think that there's going to be, do you think some of those tours are going to become a thing of the past? So some of that traveling to film, film something, I mean, was it for, I think, was it Tyshawn who talked about flying back multiple times to film a part, uh, film something for Blessed? Suchu uh, did a lot of traveling for his his part in in this Soda year. And yeah, I think for the most part that's not really happening that much anymore. I think the pandemic kind of put a damper on a lot of travel, but people still made things work. And you know, the pencil pushers are probably like, "Sweet, we don't have to send the team to China. They can just do their thing where they are." And you know, we get to save on a lot of get to save a lot of money. Maybe we can hire a filmer in this pro's local zone and they can just make videos there. Also, yeah, you just reminded me too, visas and everything like that, getting everybody sorted, like, can this person actually leave the country? Yeah, I mean, being a TM in the COVID era has got to be fucking terrible, you know, like making sure dudes get their COVID tests 72 hours before traveling or whatever. Like, I feel bad for team managers. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking about that, what you were saying about music before, because I went to this hardcore fest like back in May and a bunch of the bands had to cancel just because of like like fuck ups with travel and or their flights or whatever. And like a lot of the bands that came, like they ended up like losing money and shit, which I guess is part for the course. But yeah, it, it's it's harsh, dude. Just like equipment rental and bands and shit. Like it just doesn't make sense for a lot of bands to like oh going on like a you know cross country tour. Then we're like you know driving back or whatever. It's not like uh not like it used to be. Yeah, they should put that energy it. into going viral on TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's based on TikTok now, and that's also why you don't see a lot of like summer tours and demos and shit. I mean, here and there, like I think Creature, Creature in Santa Cruz did one, but uh, it, it's still happening, but just not not to the degree that it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we close close out on the denim car, I gotta ask, what car and material would you guys use for your video parts, Jason? I think I know. Uh, <laughs> you, you might go with the 5.0 but what what material are you wrapping that thing oh in? oh i would um yeah i would upholster uh the five the old 5.0 in uh acid wash denim sick patrick what do you got okay i hope y'all are ready for this volvo 240 station wagon in gore-tex i like it nice <laughs> right yeah, like, like the, the that like and i'm talking 90s volvo super boxy can handle any weather all terrain but just imagine it with a full gore-tex yeah, that's, that's pretty rugged, dude. I like it. Dude, I was I was almost going to do Gore-Tex, but obviously going to wrap the Subaru in wool because, you know, long-time listeners know I got a thing for wool. <laughs> that actually probably be really cool. Wouldn't it end up kind of looking like the Mutt Cuts van from Dumb and Dumber, though? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it'd be funny to, if it was like a cable knit. Oh, or maybe like, uh, was it Brooks Brothers, the Fair Isle sweater? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> pull up in the wow? The Subi is gonna be looking dope. Yeah, can you imagine the the, the comments were like it's a great looking car you have there? It's real swell. 
Oh yeah, it, it'd be a big hit here in the Northwest, I think, I'm sure. Anyway, it seems there's been a lot of news on the footwear front lately, so we thought we'd round them up and run them down. Patrick, what's the most interesting to you of these recent shoe happenings? Hmm, a couple of things. It seems as though Adidas is, is quietly making some moves. So two things, uh, Nora's new shoe, which is really cool. I'm not sure if it's available in men's. If it is, I it definitely is. want a pair. Oh, okay, good, good. Uh, or maybe it was just all sold out at uh, over at Brooklyn Projects when I stopped in last time I was over there. They got Vincent Milou. They drew him away from Globe. I guess maybe he, um, you know, I guess contract ran out and Adidas was interested in, in him anyway. And also it's much easier because Adidas is headquartered in Germany and Globe is down in Australia. So it's probably just easier to pop in, pick up shoes, do things, this, that, and the third. Probably have a much bigger presence in Europe. Um, also the new Tyshawn Spitfire, uh, Ty- Tyshawn Spitfire Adidas joints. Those are real. I skated those yesterday. Uh, shout out to Jim T. Shout out to Adidas for sizing me with a pair. Yo, they're real good. Are those, they look murdered out? too. What's up? Are those murdered out? Yo, all black. All yeah, black. yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, I, I skated the, the Tyshawns, but I guess, like, they didn't work for my feet. Like, the toe box was too narrow and he was too wide or something. I don't know. They felt good. They felt, they, they felt, they felt good immediately. Very, very cushy. I mean, I think they've nailed it. I think we could probably get into, we could probably get into a discussion about where Nike's at right now. But it, it feels like Adidas is, is quietly continuing to stack the team. And also, you know, they have they have two of my favorite skaters. You know, they got Tyshawn and they got Lucas Puig. And I reckon both of their shoes are are doing well. I mean, do either of you have any insights into what shoes are are moving the most right now? Like, who's killing it in the shoe game? Before we go on with other news, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Like out in the field, mostly like Vans. I think out here, maybe it's because the Gilbert thing. But um, Vans, a little bit of Adidas. Tell you what, I hardly see anyone. Uh, skating dunks like bunch no of, bunch of blazers but like hard, like hard to see anyone yeah skating blazers dunks. blazers um skate bruins i've seen a couple people weirdly enough skating og bruins which are very uncomfortable for skating um but yeah no dunks uh at least not for a first skate and skating templeton what about you what's happening in the the great wild northwest what's popping what are people wearing yeah it's it's like pretty much an even split between Nike and Adidas, you know, we're like both both U.S. Uh, headquarters are here in Portland, so there's lots of uh, lots of hookups and friends and all that stuff. So I think everybody's got some kind of line on, you know, a cheaper Nike or Adidas. I, I think Adidas has kind of like surpassed Nike in their like coolness and leadership. You know, I, I think Nike has kind of like seeded a lot of ground. They've like backed away from supporting certain people and yeah it seems like they've just kind of like shrunk the program and adidas has grown their program and you know they they've got i feel like adidas has rising stars and nike has like fading stars yeah um real quick back to vincent malou he had an interview in thrasher a couple months ago and he said like he was on globe for the longest because i guess their europe office was like down the street from his house or something Oh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, so wow. Just like for him to get on these, I think that's a a little bit of a power move, you because that's like a that guy's a contest killer. Yeah, he he's somebody that I followed during the Olympics, and I've kept following. Actually, yeah, no, I, I can't remember if I unfollowed him. I think I might have unfollowed him. Anyway, he's good. He needs to drop pizza though and get a better board sponsor. <laughs> I'll bet he will. 
because I, I think his star is rising. I thought that yeah. was w- rumored that uh, what you call it, that he was going to be he was one foot out the door from pizza. I hope so. I mean, it just seems like pizza is below somebody who rides for a top tier shoe company. Like I'll bet, like you've all heard the story about uh, Trevor Colden and Nike was just like, "Hey, man, you you need to get a better board sponsor than Mystery." So, oh I, yeah, I, I think that Vincent Malou probably needs a better board sponsor too. Mm. Yeah. I guess how, what's a what's a, a more polite way to to word that? What would you say to? If, let's say you were a manager, you were managing a, a bunch of skaters, and one of your charges is killing it in the contest game. Just got a thrasher cover. How do you tell them? Hey. You could use a better board sponsor. Oh, um, in like corpo speak, you'd say like, oh, in order to like uh, maximize your potential, like leverage your brand, uh, blah, 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 just something like something about leveraging. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would, word. I would say like, Vincent, you are bigger than pizza. You are bringing more people to pizza than pizza is bringing to you. So you need to be with a board company that's going to bring more people to you. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, I'll tell you about Vincent, like he's, he and um, Deshaun Jordan, in my mind, they're like the two most exciting, like contest skaters. Like I will like, there's a contest on, I will like seek out their runs or whatever. Like he, Vincent, he does all these like fucking like kickflip tail sides on handrails and shit. But, so yeah, that, that dude's definitely, uh, yeah, like I said, he's like on the come up. Both of them. I, I was really sad for Deshaun, him just missing making the Olympic team, that, that might have actually changed some of the calculus for, for Team USA men's in the Olympic Games because he's a wonder to watch in person too. Oh, and I think pretty. both of them, the other thing is that both of them look cool skating street, and that's not universally true for all Olympic athletes. Right, like these guys are actual street skaters who can skate contests. Yeah, a lot better than some of those just contest suits. Yeah, like with, um, back to Nike for a second. I mean, like we saw all those like reports on how like, or if you follow this type of shit, by how like, all their earnings are down, blah, blah, blah. I did some rudimentary internet research. Well, first of all, there's this like whack, like sneaker, like resale store at the mall by my house. And some of their dunk, most of their dunks were like 300. One pair was like six, 600 or whatever. It might have been the cherries, but they have like a brick and mortar shit to deal with. They got to pay rent at a mall. So that's a whole nother deal. Then I looked at StockX, which is like the biggest reselling website. A lot of the dunks were like, like their the last sale was like down, like there was like a red arrow like down. The Mets dunks were below retail. Wow. Which I, I was like, I don't know if that had anything. To, I don't know if that had anything to do with the Mets like shitting the bed in the playoffs, but you know that's based on the little rudimentary research. Another like indicator. Of stuff me like i don't know I'm, I'm a dunk man i'll probably skate dunk highs or for the rest of my life if they keep making them or dunk mid as long as i can get them so mm-hmm. but then uh, you know you start thinking about hoarding stuff and it used to be back in the day before you had pe- resellers raiding everywhere where people buy shoes you know the mom and pop stores the tj maxes and the marshalls you know those outlets you know any kind of outlets it used to be that you had like a couple go-tos or you had your go-to shoe. And now it feels weird just thinking like, oh, do I have to start hoarding this shoe? Like I really regret, for example, not buying the green Mark Suchus from a couple years back. Because Templeton, I always see you skating. And I was like, damn, those shoes look cool. I tried on a pair once and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll get them later. And then boom, that colorway is gone. Yeah, I wish I had more. Um, I'm on the white gazelles now, which are a little, uh, little crazy. So oh. then... Oh, go on. Oh, I'm already there. Like, I've been hoarding a, 
dunk highs. Yeah, I'm never, just because you never know, like when the next time, like when the a when they're going to come out, they don't come out all the time. B when your shop's going to get them. C if you can win the raffle. There's like three just, different factors there. So yeah, I've, I've been on that wave, dude. I am I'm, I'm actively hoarding them. That's a smart move. Um, I think about this with the the Lucas Premieres from some years back. I just found a pink pair because I really wanted those for some chillers. And so it seems like uh, for some stuff, it's very easy to find them. But I'm I'm, I'm realizing now that for other shoes, uh, it's not going to be so easy. Anyway, thinking about New Balance, is there an opportunity for New Balance to sneak its way in? Maybe like go up a couple points in the shoe coolness factor? I mean, they have their dedicated fans. Um, and then obviously there's the whole dad contingent, the chiller contingent for, for, for New Balance. You think... You think New Balance could take a little something away from Nike in the skate game? Hmm. Any new player in the footwear space is taking market share from Nike, I think. So I, I think, yeah, New Balance is taking some space. But I don't, I don't think anybody on New Balance would be a, a Nike rider, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're sick. Like they're all rippers, like uh, whatever, J.P. Souza, Jack Curtin, Frankie Vianney, like the list goes on and on. But yeah, they're not like on that tier right like you just couldn't see being, brandon yeah. westgate on nike as good as he is yeah but they usually come up come out with like really dope colorways of all their shoes and one kind of cool thing they're doing with the new tiago shoe is every time they come out with a new colorway he's gonna drop a new edit that's sick that's it's how it should yeah be. That's, yeah that's a really like dope original idea yeah that's how it should go be on a done. trip come back with a minute and a half of footage in the new shoe everybody's gonna be stoked Easy. I'm sure it's not even that hard for Tiago. Not even. Mm-hmm. What would it um what would it take to sway a Tiago away from New Balance? Money. How much though? I mean, we, it's a black box. We have no idea what yeah, they're paying. Just him more. Or... More than what he gets from New Balance. You know, we have no idea what the, any of these guys get paid. Mm. I mean, would it be a certain company being like, Tiago, we love your skating. I want to buy you a house. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like I, I wonder how much like I just saw on Twitter that like Jamal Murray, like this really dope basketball player for the Denver Nuggets just got a new pro model. Like, I wonder how much like Tiago gets paid in comparison to like NBA guys who are on new balance. Yeah. I mean, it's like so opaque. The thing, the things that I know is some, somebody top tier on like a mid tier brand who's getting 300 grand a year, somebody on a top tier brand. This is like, you know, probably like seven years ago was getting like, 10 grand a month i've seen quarterly checks for like 30 something grand so that's like 10 grand a month so that that's like what i know like you know you're, you're making like 120,000 or like 300,000 or something so probably not many people are making more than half a million a year like tyshawn is probably getting like half a million from adidas or something i wouldn't be surprised and that's probably pennies compared to some of the other superstars on there oh oh yeah yeah of course Related but unrelated. Is Kanye West's ongoing controversy creating any kind of drag for people who are sponsored by Adidas, regardless of what they're sponsored by Adidas for? Or is that just happening in another corner of the building and nobody's really, it shouldn't worry anybody yet? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think people are, like, Kanye is the one who looks bad. Like, Adidas doesn't, is, hasn't done anything wrong, I don't think. Like, Kanye just looks unhinged. E- even if Adidas is in the wrong like the way that Kanye is going about things, he just comes across in a not likable way. Follow up question: Gino Iannucci, recent ad for Poets and Chico Sticks, Chico Brenna's new venture. He's rocking Asics. 
visibly. He's got a clip in some ASICs. I thought he was sponsored by Adidas. Or is that one of those, could he just go and say to Adidas, hey, listen, you can give me a hassle or maybe you can go handle that Kanye thing and keep sending me some shoes. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Gino does not give one fuck about. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think people are really, like, I don't think that's really on people's radar. Especially in the skate realm, probably not at all. Like, they still, I think they still make all those, all the Yeezys and shit. Like, I definitely saw those, what are those weird, like, slippers that look like, I don't know, just like a, like a like bunch of dough or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> oof. The wave run, the Yeezy wave runners. Yeah, like, Yeezy runners, those, whatever. Like, I mean, like, even if, even if they, even if he's whatever, I don't know who owns those designs and shit, but I don't know. They're probably legally, I wouldn't be surprised if they were legally, like, in a strong position to just, like, keep selling Yeezys or whatever, or at least those designs. Yeah, oh, that'd be helpful. <laughs> Just I can just see the vein throbbing in Kanye's forehead. <laughs> just like y'all took my designs. Ah! But back to yeah, Gino. Like, what are you gonna do? You can yell it. You can yell all you want. Like yeah, you signed a bad yeah. deal, homie. Yeah, and uh, guess what? Like, and if you want to to beat it, like you're better off just letting Adidas cook because you know you'll lose everything. You'll lose your shirt if you're trying to go after a company in court about uh, about trademark agreements about whatever pro- physical product is being manufactured. But um, back to Gino and him being on Adidas. So does he kind of have like a, a chill kind of contract? He just kind of comes and goes as he pleases? I don't think he's on. I think I'm, I'm sure he can call up any skate shoe company in the world and they'll hook him up. But I don't think he's yeah. got any kind of agreement. I, I think yeah. he, he's – when Nike dropped him, I think his stock price went way down. I think really? he's too far past his prime and hasn't done anything to maintain it and maintain his legacy. Hmm. I don't know. I, I just I feel like it would be cool just to have just to have Gino in your company's orbit. You know, just like hey, make sure every month. You know, a reminder on say uh, the 14th of every month, send Gino a box. Yeah, but like I don't know. One way to look at it is like yeah, boxes are nothing. I guess like they're just being on flow. Like, uh, but another way of looking at it is like you got to do you got to do something. Like even Lance Mountain, who's like 55 or whatever, is still doing some shit in, in the pools, you know? Right. If you want to be a pro skater, you have to ride a skateboard sometimes. And you have to prove I mean, that you do by posting footage or getting photos or whatever. Like, yeah, you can't just sit on life. a wall next to another pro skater and think that that's good enough. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'd be a very indulgent owner. Heaven forbid I ever owned a skateboard company. I was like, Gino, I love Trilogy. So please, just whatever you need. You know, just cut him a check for just being chill. Cut, cut him a, like, uh, <laughs> no, no, no homie discounts. No, no homie discounts. No homie discounts. Everyone pays. <laughs> see, now you see why I'm not a business. Uh, what else has happened in shoe land? Oh, the, the Nike Skate Like a Girl dunk. Doesn't that drop today or is it tomorrow? I think it may be today. I mean, the marketing stuff dropped today. Yeah. Oh, last week was crushed. Um, their dunk just dropped. I was just in D.C. The, on the eve of that. Shout out to Crush Skate Shop on U Street. That one is actually, yeah, I, I like uh, I like the collabs that have been coming out very recently. It's just a shame I, I, I can't be bothered to do raffles. I'm not about here to, to go out and start using connections just to get a pair of sneakers, you know, that I probably would rather skate than just leave in the closet. I don't know. How, how, do, y'all, how do y'all balance that? Like, do you, are there shoes where you feel like, I have to go out of my way to do this? I have to get these shoes. Oh, I, I don't mind raffles. No, I mean, it's fun. Like, well, I mean, like, a, it gets me in the shop. I usually buy a little something, you know. I feel weird going in a skate shop and not buying anything. 
you know, just fill out a route ticket. So I usually, you know, get like a whatever t-shirt, wheels or something. But like another good thing about the raffles is like it gets people in the shop who ordinarily wouldn't enter the shop, you know. And you're hoping that they will end up buying other stuff or just getting or, excuse me, establishing a connection to the skate shop. I was just thinking about something. I crushed. There was a little kid who was in there who lived in the next neighborhood just north Columbia Heights. And he had this he had a throwback starter Charlotte Hornets jacket. And Ooh. little man was just like, yo, you trying to buy this jacket off me? I was like, hey, that's a size small. <laughs> B, there's a huge ribbon. I was like, yo, yo, dog, this is vintage, man. You know, you need to <laughs> cut, man. I, he's, like, he's like, I got to get I gotta get my money right so I can get the crush, jo- you know, crush joints tomorrow. And I was like, you better hustle a little harder, my friend. You know, he was asking <laughs> me, like, I got a record player. You know where I could sell it? And then it turns up um, the record store I used to work, uh, work at on the weekend. Some, just a couple doors down, a couple streets down from Crushed. So I was like, Go see my man's over there. Hopefully, he can help you out. Was but it, what is it? It was it a twelve hundred? No, it wasn't a twelve hundred. It was just like some crappy Victrola reissue, like uh, the kind of thing that you know you just buy because you need a record player. Um, but I appreciate this hustle. I guess it, it feels weird for the little kids or watching the younger kids scrambling, and even weirder watching. I remember one time I was on Fairfax and was walking past Supreme, and this this mom was so pissed. Because her son really wanted Supreme underwear and she took him and they bought it. It's like, I can't believe I'm buying you this underwear. It's so expensive. Why do you need your underwear to say Supreme? Who's looking at your underwear? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's like my mom. She was always like, this skating thing is a big racket because you rip up your shoes, got to buy new shoes every other month, blah, blah, blah. Like, she was funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every skate mom has had that uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, skate child. I mean, your mom's not wrong. It is a big racket. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything is a racket. I don't know. What's something not cool that's happening in Shoe Land, though? Something whack. I mean, there is like kind of a move away from shops. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Twitter or something. Like Nike is moving more towards what do they call it, direct to consumer. Yeah, which. It's unfortunate because the thing I liked about most skate shoes, right, when it was before Nike and Adidas were, actually, no, in their early days in skateboarding, coupled with, you know, formerly known as core brands, the shoes were just there. The scarcity was not a thing. So introducing this idea that you have to be on a raffle, you have to be on an app, you have to do direct-to-consumer, it's, I think you do no service to skaters because you're introducing this additional layer of interaction and complexity that is just not necessary. Most of us just want to buy the shoes that we know skate well. You know, back in the day for me, it was between the S Acels and Adidas Superstars. I can still walk into any Models or any, you know, skate shop that is carrying Soltec and cop those shoes, you know? And yet there's so many... SBs, so many dunks that have come and gone over the years, some of which have been phenomenal. I mean, like the Costin 2s, I loved. Why not just keep those out there? Well, a lot, of, I think with the Ez, when they stopped manufacturing them in Korea, like the new ones aren't, ex- like even when they did reissues, it's not the same. Like I think because they switched factories or something. But like, yeah, that's why Vans is like so huge because you can always go to a skate shop and get some old schools or whatever, you know? It's like if that's your look and that's like that's what you skate, they're very easy to get. By the way, did either of you ever skate the Costin threes with the built-in on the built-in sock? No, I always yeah. want to try them, but I think they were like when they came out, they were like really hard to get. So my connect wasn't 
wasn't able to come through. Yeah, I I did skate those. They skated pretty good, but like they were so tight. Like after a while, the uh, the mylar like booty just it was so like constricted. Like I had to I had to drop them. Could those be good chillers or nah? No, strictly so, performance. Yeah. Strictly performance because they look. They also look like a bit like uh, indoor soccer shoes. Oh, maybe that was maybe that was the the inspiration. Oh, Costin has a new has a new blazer out. What do y'all think of it? Uh, I can't wear blazers just because they don't work uh, for my feet. Mm. I think I think they look good. I think that you know Costin's one of those people that like you know we we need to see you skate, man. For real, for real. Like they had a minute long commercial where Costin didn't even touch a skateboard. It's like, dude, like you got to give me something, man. Just wait for the skate mental video, bro. All right. I still can't believe he's on skate mental. That that I'm trying to think. Is there is there is there a good sporting analog to this? Cost on skate metal. Skate metal's got a good team, dude. It's uh him, Jack Curtin, Curran Antonio Zarao, Jake Anderson. Hello. Yeah, and who Anderson? Jake Anderson. Yeah, Jake Anderson. Yeah, it's gonna be a sick video. Yeah, I'd I'd be stoked to see a full length video of those guys. Yeah, Definitely. me too. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? So this week, I am stoked on Spitfire Wheels, especially the Adidas Tyshawn Spitfire collab, Murdered Out. They feel amazing on my feet. Dang. And also having a little Spitfire logo on your shoes. That's cool as well. Um, I'm stoked on Crushed Skate Shop. I finally got to visit. I was in D.C. for a work trip. I delivered my first keynote speech for work. Let's it was. It felt amazing. It was nonstop stress all the way up until five minutes before I went on stage. Was so nervous. Had rehearsed a whole bunch of times. Bombed at six o'clock in the morning rehearsing in my hotel room. But it was great, and it was nice to be back in conference land, back mixing with people, collecting business cards. Um, it may sound boring to some of you listening, but it's nice to to be outside of just engaging with your coworkers in a virtual way. And also, shout out to Crush. Shout out to all the all the DMV skaters out there. And I'm also I'm stoked on this All Timers video. Whenever it, it happens, the premiere is tonight in LA, and I'm on the fence about whether or not I can get it together to go out there. It starts at 9:30 allegedly, which probably means 10:30. Um, oh yeah, and, it's on skate time, dude. You got plenty of time. Yeah, it's a school night though, so I don't. I'm not really sure, but um, you should yeah. go. You you won't regret going. You might regret not going. <sighs> I know. I know. I know. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? All right. Well, we talked about venture rider Gilbert Crockett this week. Uh, once again, I'm stoked on that hard goods brand uh, from San Francisco, California. Talked about DC a bunch this episode, and I'm stoked on a little edit from a crew called Beltway called That Was the One I Wanted. It's pretty much like your average everyday skating from like one weekend. Some of the skating is like super sick, though, like definitely not average um, by any means. So DC skating to me is the shit. So if you're into that, definitely check that out. Stoked that NHL hockey is back as of yesterday. Let's go Devils. And stoked on the latest episode. What do you call a substack? Is that like an issue episode? What the hell do you even call like a singular one of those? Post? Yeah, post, whatever. From Anthony, the writer, Papalardo. Wrote a little bit about that Smile uh, interview series that I was stoked on a couple weeks ago. So if you're into that whole thing, like mental health, recovery, all type of shit, definitely uh, check that one out. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, wasn't that the one with uh, both Brian Anderson and also Fred Gall, right? 
Yeah, he talks about yeah the new interview in that series, Brian Anderson. He talks about the whole shit. Yeah, the whole series. Pretty awesome. Cool. We love Anthony Papalardo. Yeah, friend of the show, friend IRL Templeton. Where are you stoked on this? Uh, I'm stoked that friend of the show James Albee just went pro for the Killing Floor. Uh, with him going pro, that makes three Killing Floor pros that uh, we can count as listeners. So that's pretty rad. Also, another Portlander, Al Brown, his newsletter, nosesliders.substack.com, is super, super good. He just put out a new, um, what do we call a uh, new post, uh, I think today. And it's about the Polar video and kind of his personal experiences as a person living in Portland with Polar riders and stuff. Really good. Al always kind of goes above and beyond with the newsletters. You know, he like goes out and gets quotes from pro skaters and stuff like that so it's like definitely worth checking out he's got a really um great voice and perspective so like you know if you're ever in need of a writer and the mostly skateboarding staff is unavailable hit up al brown he'll do you he'll do you right and uh that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about in other show notes until next time you can keep up with us all week online jason where can the people find you on Twitter at Carbonite1994, on Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for CoreSnacks.com. New stuff coming soon, hopefully by the end of the month. Uh, Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, tweeting about REM and igniting fires on the internet. <laughs> and you can also find me on Instagram under the handle at Pikigongo, and also doing stuff for the Harold Hunter Foundation. Templeton, where can the people find you on Robert Digital's internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate, on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding, and you can see my art on Instagram at Mostly.Collage. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later.